Hello everybody, welcome back to the Ocean Impact Podcast. This is episode one of the Pitch Fest 2022 series. We love this series and we're thrilled to be bringing it back for another year. People love this, they love hearing you know, founders and startups talk about what makes their solution tick. It's always fascinating to have a good chat to them. My name is Amelia Helt, I'll be one of your co-hosts for today, but as usual, I am joined by the man himself, Mr. Tim Silverwood. Hello, Tim. Hey, Amelia, and hello, listeners. Here we are back with some awesome Pitch Fest conversations for you. Yes, great one today. We have Tom Lerfler, uh, CEO and co-founder of Hullbot, and talk about overachievers. So Hullbot were the first runner-up of Pitch Fest 2022. They were the winner of the Climate Spotlight Award, and they were the winner of the inaugural New South Wales Ocean Innovation Award. And it's safe to say that Tom was running out of hands at our big Innovation Showcase event. All of these uh, these winners are announced live and he had no idea that they were going to sweep Pitchfest with this series of wins on the night. Tim, wow, what a startup. There's a bit of a cool factor to Hullbot, isn't there? There certainly is. I mean, we have a global mandate at Ocean Impact Organisation, but we're particularly passionate and driven to support the startup ecosystem down here in Australia and across the Pacific and Southeast Asia. So to have a startup like Hullbot down here building solutions that can be transformative globally just fills us with joy and with stoke. So we've just been so pleased to be building a really strong relationship with Hullbot in recent history, and that culminated in what was a fantastic result with those accolades you mentioned there with Pitchfest 2022. Absolutely. And their pitch video was great. I loved their pitch video. I think we all kind of got when we saw that one come in, that little, you know, sense of, oh, like Pitchfest is you know, it's really going to be good this year. If this is anything to go by, the standard and the quality uh, is going to be great. You know, for those that don't know, Hullbot uh, is a Sydney-based startup uh, and they build robots for healthy oceans. Um, they've got an incredible team and their pitch video highlighted this team uh, of roboticists, engineers, designers, ocean lovers. You know, um, how do you think that impacts the, the output, you know, when you've got such a varied team with different, you know, disciplines, expertise? Well, it's it's a complicated solution that they're developing. I mean, underwater robotics and man, you know, this is a very, very challenging space with underwater drones and, and their full stack, their system can absolutely do so much. So, of course, when you go and look at the pitch video and explore them online, you'll see this remarkable underwater drone that cleans boat hulls, but that's just the start of the intentions, which is why that tagline is is so vital and so valid for them. So we're just so pleased to see that they've got a wonderful product. They've got customers. They've got a lot of demand. They're building a huge number of units at the moment to service that demand. But this is just the start of the journey for Hullbot. They've got a brilliant team. They've got a lot of support around them, and they are solving some of the most pressing challenges facing the ocean. So a very exciting future for this Aussie startup. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as you said, complex problems uh, require a diverse team of people that can, you know, build and expand on that core offering. So it's really cool. I mean, as you said, it cleans boat hulls. We know anti-fouling material can be very harmful to the ocean and it's, it's autonomous. But to your point, 
It can be used for so much more than that, for things like invasive species transport, which is another huge problem, you know, crown of thorns starfish detection and things like that. They can use it to map the ocean environment. Fascinating stuff with what is just a really cool-looking robot. I'm not going to lie, as someone who likes to fly a drone, they're a fascinating piece of technology. And to just see that coming out of Australia is fantastic for Pitchfest 2022, amongst all the other incredible entries that we had. Yeah, look, it really is. And um, these guys, they're, they're well poised. They've spent a lot of time research and development phase and building up a system that works. And uh, it's now time for them to take that next big step. So keep a very close eye on Hullbot and make sure you go and follow and support them on their journey. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Such a great one. People are going to love this episode. And guys, if you do enjoy it, please leave us some feedback. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you loved most on Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment or hit the like button. It really helps us bring you the content that we know you'll love. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Tim. Cheers, guys. I'm super excited to have on the Ocean Impact Podcast Pitchfest 2022 series, Tom Lerfler, CEO and co-founder of Hullbot. This is going to be a cracker of a conversation. How are you, Tom? I'm great, Tim. How are you? I'm really well. Look, this is a critically important part of the whole Pitchfest 2022 series because you were the first runner-up of Pitchfest 2022. You swept away with the Climate Spotlight Award and you were also the winner of the New South Wales Ocean Innovation Award. So we've got a really juicy conversation today. Yeah, yeah, we, we cleaned up. Thank you, you so did. much. There was, there was a point on stage at the Innovation event where the awards were gifted where you literally were running out of hands. You were holding all the prizes. That was a pretty special moment. It was a special moment and we got a great shot with the team outside, which we've used a lot on our social media and other investor communications and so on, holding, yeah, all three awards. So it was an exciting day for us. It really meant a lot. So let's get stuck into it. There's people out there listening in who are wondering all about Hullbot. So maybe you could just run us through the spiel. Tell us a little bit about the ocean challenge that you're trying to address and, and the opportunities for your remarkable startup. No worries. So at Hullbot, we develop robots for healthy oceans. And specifically, we make small autonomous robots which inspect and clean boat hulls. So we're solving this big problem called biofouling, and we're also developing the world's most sophisticated underwater drone. And what we mean by that is it's a small robot covered in cameras and advanced sensors with a lot of onboard compute power and a lot of AI and machine learning that's able to do some really interesting and useful things underwater, including cleaning boat hulls. That's a pretty big claim, you know, the most sophisticated underwater yeah. drone robot. Yeah, I can't wait to sort of dive a little bit deeper and learn about obviously what it can currently do, but perhaps a little bit more about what you're planning for it to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So so what we do is is you can look at it in two different ways. Um, we'll come back to the big claim a bit later on. But in terms of cleaning boat hulls, we're solving this huge environmental and economic issue known as biofouling. And it's basically this huge ocean impact problem that you may not have heard of. And I can explain a little bit about, about that problem for you. So as soon as you put a boat or a ship in the water, stuff starts to grow on the hull. 
And that stuff, biofouling, occurs really fast, first as a biofilm, then as a slime, and into that slime you get weed and shell and coral, and ultimately the boat needs to be cleaned by divers, then lifted out of the water and repainted and, and put back in. But apart from the cleaning and the, and the, the haul-out costs and all those problems which people who own boats or around the marine industry will be very familiar with, um, what's less well known is just how big of a climate issue this is. So biofouling is actually responsible for 1% of global emissions. Um, so that's problem one. Boats with slime on them use 25% more fuel. Boats covered in a lot of shells can use 50% more fuel. And so that with all the boats and ships in the world is 1% or more of global emissions. But Additionally, the paint that's used, anti-fouling paint, is actually the largest source of direct microplastic pollution into our oceans. And the paint doesn't work that well, despite trying to kill anything that's near the boat and ending up in the water um, by the hundreds of millions of litres every year. Boats are still covered in organisms and they travel with the boat and end up being, you know, in Australia, it's 80% of invasive aquatic species come in on hulls. So with biofouling, you've got these three big issues, emissions, microplastics and toxic paint, and bioinvasion. And we're trying to solve all of those using a small robot that just cleans the boat a little bit so it stays, stays as clean as possible. Fantastic, mate. Well, you know, the, the question that, yeah, we do ask is sort of how big is the problem that you're trying to solve? And you have really laid that one out for us. There's so many parts to this problem, yet a proactive solution like you've developed with Hullbot can really be a huge opportunity. Now, talk to us a little bit about what kinds of applications you can use the the Holbot systems for currently? Like, obviously, you might yeah. have big aspirations of the range of vessels that it could be suitable for, but what's yeah. currently working and what might be the, the next step for it? Yeah, awesome. So we're starting with yachts. We're cleaning small boats and under a cleaning subscription where we come and keep the, give the boat a robotic hull clean every two weeks. And you mentioned proactive there, which is a word we love. We want to get in early and often and keep the slime layers to a minimum so the boats are as efficient as possible. We're starting with yachts, but then we'll expand to ferries and fishing vessels. But I can get where, you, where you're going with your question because you're, you're familiar with the fact that we do a whole bunch of other things with our robots, including seagrass mapping and kelp monitoring and culling sea urchins. And actually at the moment, our science lead is in Tasmania at the National uh, Centra Stephanus meeting, presenting what we call Culbot, our urchin hunting platform, which can be put into urchin destroy mode and actually get in there amongst the rocky reef and control sea urchins. So there's a lot of different things in our tech stack beyond just cleaning boat hulls. That's so cool. I mean, I, I follow you guys closely, but that's the first time I've heard Culbot. I knew that was definitely on your on your vision board to really flex into that space in in mapping and monitoring and invasive species control. So that is super exciting and you're going to have a lot of interested persons hovering around you in future as you start to really flex again into those areas. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, and it goes to the, the world's most sophisticated underwater drone claim you brought up earlier. Our technology uses cameras to find its way around underwater. And that's quite rare. Most underwater vehicles use sonar. They use things called DVLs. They use things called acoustic positioning systems to mount sound around underwater and find out where they are. But that's not fast enough or accurate enough or richly detailed enough information to allow a robot to do, uh, you know, complex cleaning of, of all the different shapes that you find under a boat. So our tech stack, which enables this to happen, is uniquely suited for inspections, mapping and interaction with submerged structures. So we've picked out urchins as a huge environmental issue which also really carries with it the message that this is a really precise control system. This is not a pool cleaner for boats or a scrubbing brush that swims around. This is a super precise robot covered in cameras, full of advanced electronics. We've, we make 12 different circuit boards within the robot. We build a, a pod, which lowers the robot into the water, manages the tether whilst it's swimming around pulls it back out, recharges it, connects it to the internet. So we're a full stack robotics company doing everything from the firmware to the cloud, from the wires inside the motors, all the circuits, all the sensors. And we're able to iterate very rapidly on that technology. So we love being able to apply it to a few other things along the way. And if we can, as you say, flex into our ocean impact in a variety of other domains where we can really, yeah, have a big impact on ecosystems. And we're doing this now. I was going to say, as you were describing um, the technology stack to tell people to really check out your website, you've made some really great improvements to the website recently where you go through the technology and it makes it really easy for people who are perhaps sitting there scratching their heads, listening to you describe how sophisticated it is. The website's really great for helping people to understand that. Tom, let's sort of go back. I do want to learn a little bit about you as the individual and obviously about your, uh, your co-founder and your team. And really learn, I guess, the the origin story around Hullbot. It must be a fascinating one. So I wouldn't wonder if you wouldn't mind spending some time telling us a little bit of that backstory about you and about the origins of the business. Yeah, no worries. So I grew up like many Australians in and on the water, surfing, sailing, exploring with the mask and the snorkel on and really love underwater environments and also had a workshop at home, always building things, always inventing. I studied industrial design at UNSW and whilst there um, became very passionate about robots and wanted to make a robot that solved a big environmental issue and um, during my research became aware of this issue and I mean I knew that boats got dirty but until I researched it I didn't realize how big the climate impact of that was and yes started building robots and Carl joined very soon soon after that. Um, Carl has an electrical engineering background. He's a passionate diver and his family are, are all divers and some of them have worked in, in the Pacific in fish conservation and so on. So we teamed up with a love of technology and a love of um, making a big impact on, uh, on, the, on the ocean. So, and that, you know, like it's a, been a long journey, Tim, as you know, from the early days in the garage building robots with virtually no budget through now six generations of working underwater prototypes. And, you know, the last ones, which you see on the website, 
had 10 of those swimming around for the better part of three years. And we're really excited to announce that we've built some of our sixth gen. We're going to make a hundred of them this year. And yeah, it's, um, it's been a really exciting journey. What's it been like to, to build the business in Australia, in Sydney? Obviously, people can picture the iconic Sydney Harbour. They perhaps have this understanding that there is a deep appreciation of the ocean and healthy ecosystems. But what's it like as a, as a technology company, as a robotics company, to be building your solution all the way down under, seemingly a long way from perhaps the epicentres that people might associate with this kind of technology? It's a great question. So when we first started, we'd go and talk to people and they'd say, what do you mean robot? Like they hadn't seen any drones. There was no kind of concept of a robot solving this problem. And um, it's been a very ambitious mission right from the beginning. And we've we've had amazing mentors um, and really good people around us right from the beginning that have helped us along this journey. I do think that Australian investors have a reputation for being quite conservative. It's a bit of a different environment in uh, Australia and a different environment in hardware. So it was challenging to raise those early rounds. Despite us having built some really amazing tech, we didn't have access to the capital we needed. So um, the flip side of that is we have an amazing opportunity for young engineers who are looking to make something really cool right here in Sydney Harbour. And so we've been able to put together an absolutely world-class team of robotics engineers, industrial designers, mechanical engineers, scientists, sailors, divers, who've been um, on this journey with us for some of them four or five years now. And I think it's Sydney is, as you say, it's an iconic harbour. It is the ideal place to be developing this robot for yachts. But our ambition is global. We intend to um, expand pretty rapidly to the, um, to the MED and to the US and introduce our latest robot to those markets. Very exciting. Thank you, mate. And I want to sort of point out here to everyone, you know, we talked about the success that you had in the Ocean Impact Pitch Fest 2022. And a lot of that does come down, obviously, to a strong application, but your pitch video and how you incorporated the team, how you opened with some really strong statements about the problems that you're solving. I really think it was one of the strongest Ocean Impact Pitch, pitch videos that we've seen and really well done to that one. I loved actually getting to meet and see the team and those kind of quirky little moments that you incorporate in the video. It was really great. Yeah, we have some absolute legends that we work with every day. And I think the thing, if you ask Carl and I, you know, what we're most proud of, it's the team for sure. It's the team and the culture. And it's the fact that we've, we've developed an environment where everyone is willing to experiment. Good ideas can come from anywhere. We don't punish failure or mistakes. And so we innovate really fast and we make sure everyone in the team gets in the water with the robot and either dives with it or snorkels with it at least every six months or so to get a good understanding of what the product's doing. And people across, across the whole team are really passionate and mission aligned. Yeah, you haven't been in and checked it out in person yet, Tim. I know Nick's been in. I know, and I saw uh, Jazz Chambers had a great visit recently, so I've I've got it on my to-do list next time I'm in Sydney with a bit of breathing space. Cool. Looking forward to it. 
Tell me a little bit more um, and the listeners a bit more about the business model. You mentioned a, a subscription service before. So tell yep. us about that journey into shaping an effective business model now and perhaps a glimpse of, of how it might further evolve into the future. Yep. So, um, yeah, we're doing cleaning as a subscription service. Uh, we've been doing that for 18 months now with paid customers. The business model involves us owning and operating the hardware for the foreseeable future. Uh, and that does a couple of things. One is it enables us to stay close to the product. It's a very advanced product. It's a very complex product. And so we're getting that direct feedback. And we're also able to stay very close to the customer because we have individual boat owners on a recurring subscription for cleaning their boat. But what's unique in our approach this year is we're partnering with marinas and yacht clubs and fleet operators to help us get that early scale. So we're gonna leave robot and pod systems at each marina, say three in a marina, and they'll be able to clean five boats a day. And the marina will help us by moving those systems between berths, and then we'll connect to the robot over the internet. It'll deploy into the water by itself, clean the boat with us watching remotely, making sure it's doing a good job, and that's sort of keeping us pretty busy over the next six to 12 months. In the future, the same robot will be cleaning ferries and fishing fleets, and you'll leave one robot and pod system on each vessel. And even further into the future, we'll just make millions of them and, and send them to each boat, and you'll just hang it on the side, roll out the solar blanket, and it'll go in and clean the boat for 10 minutes a day. And at that point, you know, you've solved the entire problem of needing to lift boats out of the water, paint them, organize divers, have all this additional fuel cost, need to do inspections. The robot will just take care of that. You won't need to do anything. But yeah, for the next uh, 12 to 18 months, subscription cleaning service of yachts through marinas as a delivery partner. And when you, that's, thank you for sharing all that. That seems like a very sensible um, approach. So when you talk about the you know, millions of units and each uh, boat yeah. will potentially have them, at that stage, are they owned and operated by the the boat owner or are you still imagining a future where, where whole bodies owning and uh, sort of overseeing the process? Yeah, look, we're seeing a growth of subscription models across lots of different industries, and it does have some really good circularity and environmental credentials as well, because it breaks the cycle of inbuilt obsolescence, and it makes it the company, in this case, Holbot's responsibility to make these things last and to refurbish them and to get as much life out of every component. And we're looking at, you know, 30 million yachts, 3.7 million fishing vessels, um, 100,000 international ships, 500,000 local ships, you know, huge quantities of, of, of fixed structures that need cleaning. So we don't want to just make robots and throw them away when they break. We want to offer people what they want at the end, which is a clean asset and a, a re reduced risk on their asset and reduced fuel bill or increased range if it's an electric vessel and increased speed and take responsibility for the technology ourselves. Mm, I like that. It's a very sophisticated approach for a very sophisticated uh, solution. So glad glad to hear it. So if you talk about your real competitors in this space, obviously we've spoken about how 
this problem is currently addressed. So are there any competitors out there that are offering a similar service or are as similarly sophisticated as, as yourselves? Or is it really just you experimenting with this space, in this space? To tell you the truth, no, there's nothing in the world like this. There's nothing that cleans boats in the way that we clean boats. And it has some really interesting competitive advantages against any anti-fouling technology. So that's using toxic paint and divers, lifting boats out of the water on boat lifts or keeping them on land, um, boat bags, ultrasonics, other things which people are trying to and trying to improve. And, you know, as the vessels get larger, there are some interesting ship cleaning robots in the world and they focus on the reactive cleaning. Uh, so cleaning ships once they're already fouled, scraping shells off, you know, with a huge machine. Whereas what we're doing is keeping the slime off with a small smart drone that's scalable and autonomous and we can make thousands of and then millions of. And in that sense, no, we have no competitors. But more importantly, the tech stack that enables that autonomous cleaning of yachts does many other things. So we actually have some strong competitive advantages against underwater robotic platforms in general. And that's what enables us to do things like cull urchins and do high frequency seagrass mapping and so on, all with the same base robotic platform. Wow. So exciting, Tom. Really is. Let's sort of go back. You mentioned, obviously, that the journey to get where you are now is a is a, is a long and, and sometimes arduous but often rewarding process. How about you just sort of spend a couple of minutes sharing some of those key achievements but also some of those key challenges you've faced in building Hullbot? Yeah, I mean, some of the – there's been many amazing achievements and many challenges technically across six generations of products. And we've developed some amazing, amazing tech, um, which we're super proud of. I mentioned earlier the team and building that community that we have internally and fostering those relationships and training people up and seeing them flourish. That's something to be really, really proud of. We've learned a lot about the space, about how to network with investors, about how to get our message out there, about how to delight customers by offering a cleaning service with really good um, really good feedback and, and really good reporting um, on how well we've cleaned and when we've cleaned and all that sort of stuff. But an achievement that I'm particularly proud of is that we got the fifth generation robots in the water with customers and operated a cleaning service, which we called the pilot program for 18 months. And we've got a wait list with those customers and we've developed some really strong relationships with some marinas that we have partnerships with, some yacht clubs where we've got some significant ambassadors and members of their committees as customers. And we're really excited to be launching this new product, which we call the Hullbot One system. And we think it's the first commercially viable version of our technology. So it's taken a while to get there, but it's genuinely going to do what it says on the tin and keep boats clean in a mostly autonomous way, which is, is super exciting. And yeah, hats off to the team, all the people behind the scenes who actually write the code and make all the circuits and build all the hardware um, and run the robots around the harbor every day. You know, they're doing the real work. So it's really, you know, their achievement that we're most proud of. 
And you mentioned before the uh, the goal to to build a hundred units this year, and obviously fill a lot of those yeah. subscription demands. If there yeah. is people listening in from around the world, um, where are your sort of geographic restrictions on the service currently, and and when might that change? Like, what should people do if they're listening to this in the other side of the world? Going, I think I want to get my hands on a Holbot One system. Be patient. Be patient. No. Um write to us contact us at holbot.com we do we are looking for for partners particularly people who are part of yacht clubs syndicates marinas um, ferry operators in the mediterranean or in either the east or west coast of the us um, we're looking at locations at the moment including san diego fort lauderdale florida more generally mallorca barcelona monaco Gold Coast, a lot of lot of yachts up your way. Auckland, we can't go everywhere straight away, so we're going to pick somewhere in Europe and somewhere in the US and sort of land and expand in that way. But yeah, for the most part, if you're in Sydney, get in touch. We'll come, we'll do a test patch, we'll do a demo, we'll give you a report, you'll get to see the robot. If you're interested in uh, in finding out more, check us out on Team Holbot on Instagram. You'll see photos of the robot there and. Yeah, stay tuned for some more exciting website updates as the new robot starts doing its thing in volume. Awesome, mate. Well, um, the next question we had was sort of talking a bit about the future. What do you got planned for the next one to two years? I feel like you've been sprinkling that little dust uh-huh. quite regularly through the conversation so far. I've, but was I've there been anything fundraising? I've been fundraising, so you know, it, it just come it just comes in in every conversation. The future, yeah. where we're going. So yeah. Yeah, look, we're building 100 robot and pod systems. We're going to market through marinas. We're, we are raising capital. We're really stoked to be a part of the ocean impact community in Australia. You've mentioned a few names already on the call and others. Uh, we think it's an area that Australia can make a really big impact in and that we're uniquely skilled in. You would have heard of you know, Wi-Fi being an Australian invention, but SLAM and a bunch of other key robotics concepts were also developed right here in Sydney. And the Australian Centre for Field Robotics and UCID in particular is a real powerhouse of robotic innovation. We'd like to see that combined with, you know, the Australian love of the ocean and the reef and kelp and all our marine life and, yeah, our love of the water and boats and do something really impactful. So if you can help on that journey, please get in contact with us, reach out, and um, we'll make something happen. Yeah, you're really you're really speaking the language there, Tom, in the sense that it's a small but mighty community down here in Australia with big aspirations yeah. and a lot to offer. And, you know, I get excited. I get chicken skin when I think about what I've just seen in the few years that we've been dabbling in Ocean Impact Organisation. And boy, I get excited about the future and we just need that momentum to, to snowball mm-hmm. as, as fast as it possibly can, but also as strategically as it can. Indeed. So um, I'm imagining there is going to be a lot of people just like you or I or any of your team members, young and emerging innovators and entrepreneurial minded people perhaps you wouldn't mind spending a moment just sharing some of your learnings and insights that you've gained from your journey any words of wisdom that you think might help people along their way yep okay so the most important thing is to hire great people who you like working with for team fit and culture and mission alignment 
It's a long journey doing a startup and you want people there that you're excited to see every day and that make it a joy to come into work and that you can maintain an awesome friendship with and a great relationship with through the good times and the bad times. It's very tempting when you have limited cash and you, you're trying to hire and you're trying to do things to look at technical skill or previous experience or resumes and things like that. And I think that same, same bit of advice goes to who you partner with and who you choose to take advice from, take investment from. We've been really lucky to have some amazing people join our mission and join our journey. And we've been pretty selective and turned people away that weren't aligned to our mission, wanted to do other things with our tech or push us in certain directions we weren't comfortable with. And yeah, just perseverance. Like you just got to keep going. You just got to keep pushing. Even when um, things aren't working well, you just keep turning up and um, maybe that's a way to to go the long way, but I think it's also um, a way to do something really, truly innovative and with people you really care about. Yeah, that's awesome, Tom. And I'm imagining there was times there you mentioned before the importance of mentors for for yourself and the team and, you know, having people in your corner who've got a, a few more years or decades experience under their belt can be hugely valuable as just going through some of those tough times. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And you need more all the time. Yeah, you do. They change, right? Yeah, exactly. As you change and as you evolve, so too does your uh, your needs around around mentors and support. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So we've had a lovely and, and meandering conversation. We sort of start uh-huh. to wrap things up with a a discussion around you know how people can support and to follow you. But it's also a great chance to to share anything that you really wanted to talk about today. Whilst you've got this platform, was there some subjects or areas that you wanted to speak to and um and then wrap it up with some discussion on where people can follow and support you. Oh, that's a meandering question, Tim. Is there anything I want to mention? Yeah, look, in one of the things you sent me beforehand that we might talk about, it's sort of why are we doing this? And I would say it's really easy to forget just how important and how massive the environmental challenges that we're facing at the moment are as a species. And we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't something that could have a huge impact on the climate and also the health of our oceans. And that's both across carbon and biodiversity and plastics and other things, as I mentioned at the top. And I think everyone needs to maintain hope and realize that even though the challenge is enormous and accelerating, we have some incredible technologies and incredible powers as a species that are also accelerating. And we need to maintain that hope and use things like robots to make a big impact. And we can do it now and we can do it quickly and we can meet the challenge that's in front of us. You know, what I love about robots is we can program them to do things that we're too lazy to do or there aren't enough of us to do or that we can't do. I mean, we don't breathe underwater and, um, you know, the ocean is a very big place. So, yeah, they can they can decouple our will from our willpower. I'm personally too lazy to pick up every piece of plastic I see on the beach, but I can imagine a robot with a solar panel on it doing it day in, day out or at night as well and really having an impact. So we have that technology, we have the opportunity, um, and we've got to back people that are doing it and not be doom and gloom and, and wait for someone else to do it for us and, um, yeah, pay it forward. 
help other people who are making a difference, get behind their initiatives, um, do your part. You don't necessarily need to tell everybody about it, but it's a big challenge. Like, yeah, I mean, climate change is one thing, biodiversity loss is another. Like we've got a serious issue in Australia with invasive species. And um, it, yeah, we've got to do something about cleaning up the ecosystem and, and helping the ecology out. And I think we've got the tech to do it and the people to do it and let's hustle. Does that some of the perspective that you're sharing there, which was really great, does it sort of allude to perhaps do you, do you see some friction or some some pain points around maybe some traditional conservation views where maybe it's like, you know, a no or a stop or it's kind of, it's not a pragmatic approach for the future, whereas this embracing technology, embracing innovation, embracing solutions that might seem far-fetched has to be the way forward because the problems are so big? Is that what we're sort of picking up in yeah, that yeah i think there is um there's a wisdom that's crept in from bad things that were done in the past you know but um not everything is the introduction of the cane toad like it's great that people are aware of that and that we could do something that that has unintended consequences but we need to try like in the whilst we wait things are going the wrong direction and so you know i'm not advocating for you know geoengineering or anything totally crazy but let's let's get out there and use tech to make a difference and let's try projects and let's evaluate the risks and let's not just say no as a default because we don't know enough or worse watch problems get worse and worse but because we did nothing we're not at fault i'd like to see us trying lots of things and even if a lot of them don't work or some of them make things worse i think on balance most of them will make things better and and we need the positivity about the future tim like the future is now we're living in a science fiction utopia if we want to be let's let's send it let's fix let's fix problems you know synthetic biology electrification ai you know they're not all tabloid you know nightmare stories some of them can be put to work today and are being put to work today to solve some massive issues and yeah, if you don't, you know, if you're not that good at your, your high school science, maybe stay out of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and be wary of the, the clickbait, the fake news and your role in spreading that stuff around. Yeah. So is Australia geared up to, to be that forward thinking leader? Like, do we have some serious inertia that we've got to strip away in order to, to embrace this attitude? Or what's got to happen in Australia to... To, to give you the opportunity to, to flex and to be your best? Look, we definitely need to support startups with grants and, um, you know, other forms of financial assistance. You know, we saw Australia turn around in 10 seconds and spend hundreds of billions to protect a whole lot of industries during COVID. But we were a bit slower to pull the checkbook out on solar panels and other things which might have been a good idea 20 years ago. And so the cash is there. It's about the political will. It's not a, you know, it's particularly interesting comment. Um, I would say that you mentioned Australia. I mean, we do need to get out of the mentality of thinking that we're a small place on the edge of the world. 
and therefore we can't have a huge global impact. I don't think that's true at all. Firstly, with hybrid work and you know international connections, it's easier than ever to go global and access talent and capital and resources from anywhere in the world. And why can't those companies be Australian or headquartered here or have one foot here and one foot somewhere else? I think where there's amazing success stories and examples that we should be really proud of. And I think, you know, as a culture, we've often been too slow to be proud of homegrown talent, um, be it in music or art. And I, and I think the same is in startups. So, yeah, just get on with it and stop stop worrying about whether you're Australian or from somewhere else. Just make good shit that makes the world better and hurry up about it. What a great place to end, mate. Well, I can see... And I feel what you're bringing to the cultural evolution of this of this nation. Not to say again, it hasn't been there for a long time, but I do think there's something special brewing away right now. And we love what you're doing. We love the emerging ecosystem players that are uh, really shining bright at the moment. And we thank you so much for your time. Maybe just wind up with some final words and let people know where they can follow and support you. Yeah, so um, jump on Instagram, at Team Holbot. Steve Logan with the Holbot account. If you're listening, mate, you haven't posted in three years, give up the goods. You know, we've got holbot.com. That's pretty straightforward. You can reach us at hello at holbot.com. We've got a type form on the website if you want to book in for a hull clean or a hull inspection. We'll get a robot over to you, provided you're in the Sydney region at the moment. And yeah, look, I want to say a huge thanks to the Ocean Impact Organization and to yourself and Nick and the team. We were so stoked to win those awards and to be there, um, to be up on stage three times, collecting them was awesome. And yeah, there's a real space here in Australia to grow what you're doing. And if you know, I hope investors are listening both on our side and on your side, because you guys could do with a lot of cash yourselves to be able to accelerate what you're doing. And you've been really successful with that recently, which is great to see. And on that point, I'd say, you know, the ocean community more than any other subsector of the community, even more than the climate tech, I would say, really bond together globally. So, um, you know, Creative Destruction Lab, Ocean Stream, you know, a whole bunch of different groups that we work with, the Ocean Opportunity Lab and others. There's a real willingness to connect irrespective of geography, which I think is awesome in the ocean space. And um, the opportunities are just absolutely huge. So thanks for what you do and stoked to be part of it and to chat to you today, Tim. Thanks for your time, Tom. Can't take the ocean.